as we hear them together and as we journey through them together, that you would draw, draw us closer to you and to the life that you've always longed for your people to walk in. Holy Spirit, open our ears, open our hearts to receive everything that the Father has for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Advent is this season of preparation and expectation. I'm not sure what you expected this morning when you woke up. I'm not sure what you were hoping for when you woke up this morning. I'm not sure what you were expecting when you were making your way here to be together as Jesus' people together and what some of your, uh, what you've prepared to receive from God. But if we go to the second slide, if we could go to the second slide, thanks, Stephen. Um, Advent, just, let's just put this in context here. So Advent is this um, time between the times. So what, what it is is the birth of Jesus and the return of Jesus are the bookends of this conversation called Advent, this season of celebration called Advent, where in the birth of Jesus we see the promise of the long-held hope of God has now come in the Lordship of Jesus, his Son, born Israel's King and Saviour of the world the restorer of all things and the one who now has made everything and continues to make everything new. So that's book one bookend. The other bookend is the return of Jesus. As we know as followers of, of the king, we know that Jesus, after his resurrection, he then spent a number of weeks walking around equipping and teaching on the kingdom of God and then ascended into the heavens to be with the Father and is now seated alongside the Father. And it's from that place that we, as the people of Jesus, at that bookend, we are the ones who are saying, our biggest prayer is that Jesus, you would come. You would return and you would finally finalize everything that you started already in your first coming. Come again, Lord Jesus, come. And if you read the end of the book, in the, in, at the end of the book in Revelations, there's a great prayer that the people of Jesus are praying. And it's a simple prayer. It's a heartfelt prayer, but it's a, it's a prayer that's a, it's a deep cry. It's a cry that says, oh, Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come now. Don't wait a moment longer. Come now. Hear the cry of your people. Come, Lord Jesus, come. This, and so Advent is the celebration of the fact that you and I, as God's people, we live between those two times. We live in the fulfillment of those two times. We live in the hope of fulfillment of those two times. It's a place of great um, encounter with God, and it's also a journey of longing for more of God, for more of his kingdom, for the fulfillment of everything that he is going to do. That's the context of Advent. 
this morning I was out um, taking an early morning walk and I was reflecting on how over a, a number of years ago when my son was very, very ill, he'd just done a um, triathlon, his first triathlon, big big one in Noosa, and he was, he'd done it really well, and but then hot on the tail of it, he within a week he was very, very sick. And he was very sick with um, viral meningitis and he was in hospital. And he was incredibly ill. And I remember sitting in the hospital with him and it was this divine moment. It's the only way I can explain it. Where God said to me, Kirk, pray now. And I'd been there for hours. And before that, Nicole had been there for hours too. And we'd had this ongoing prayer of like, oh, God, our son is sick. Bring your kingdom. Uh, we'd, we'd had all our kingdom family and friends here at PRV praying and interceding and crying out, saying, God, would you bring your kingdom for Luke and heal him? And um, as, as I was sitting at the end of the hospital bed, the Holy Spirit said, pray now. And so I prayed for about 20 minutes with the gift of tongues. It was just a deep groaning of the Holy Spirit. I had no intelligent understanding of what I was praying other than my heart, my spirit, and my mind seemed to converge and partner with the presence of God for the sake of my son. And it sounded like tongues. And as I was doing that, I went for about 20 minutes, and then the Lord said, you can stop praying now. And within an hour of that prayer, all of a sudden, all of the vitals of my son turned around for the good, and he began to receive healing. And I, later that day when I was sharing that with others, they said, what time was that that you were praying? And I said, it was this time. And they said, we were praying at that exact time for your son as well. It was like this beautiful invasion of the king and his kingdom for the sake of my son through the hearts of both parents and a people to see him restored. God is constantly wanting to bring his kingdom, breaking in, in power at any moment in the everyday reality of your life and mine. As I was thinking about that on my son, about my son this morning as I was out walking, I, I was also reminded of how um, when I was 19 myself, I was on this bike ride from Townsville to Brisbane. And um, we were raising money for um, uh, the Bible Society to, to send Bibles to um, third world nations, developing nations, nations that were in... Um, uh, behind the bamboo curtain is the best way to describe it. And so uh, we were riding along this day. There's this group of about 12 of us from Townsville riding down to Brizzy. And one day in particular, we were riding as a group. There was incredibly strong headwinds. And it was not an easy ride. So we were averaging about 120 kilometres a day that we were riding together. And this one day, there was some very strong headwinds, and we're just on the main highway, one lane each way, and so it was not the safest 
place with trucks and cars and everything tearing up and down the highway. But as we were making our way down the highway, we had a support vehicle that would go out in front of us and that would go down the road a little bit and they would set up these little drink stations, morning tea, lunch, you know, afternoon tea and dinner and we'd camp along the side of the road. But this, when we got to our, this next break, the driver and the um, assistant of the uh, support vehicle, they said to us, were you guys aware of the fact that there was someone else riding with you guys today and we could both see it? And we're like, well, only we knew there was just us. And they said, no, no, there was another cyclist who was cycling in front of all of you today the whole way from where you were to this point here. And we were just like, that must be, that must be a ministering spirit sent by God, an angelic presence, one who was breaking through the thin veil of where the rule and reign of God is and the everyday of our life finds traction. That veil was just somehow open or transparent or veil was torn so people could connect and see. So when we read this Bible verse in a moment, we're going to read about how Mary encountered an angelic being. And I want to say, I've encountered one too. I've encountered an angelic being, not just being in that little bike ride pack, but I've been with a group of three other fellas at one point and we saw six angels together in the one space and we were all describing everything exactly as we were seeing it. There's this thin veil. But when we read the scriptures, sometimes that thin veil seems like a really strong brick wall. But I just want to let you know today, that strong brick wall is often our own thinking and our own worldview that gets in the way of the revelation of the worldview of God where we live in the time between the times, in the presence of supernatural realities taking place around us all the time. So if you have a Bible, I want you to open it up. If not, it's on the screen. We're gonna, I'm going to read this. It's Luke chapter 1 from verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph as a, descend, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Those few sentences are just completely jam-packed <laughs> if you've got some time to unpack them this advent just those few sentences alone about the fulfillment of the purposes of God in the earth 
How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to, to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. And may it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. And at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a, to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. As a few little take-homes that I want you to consider this Advent as we go on to the next slide. Firstly, Advent reminds us that we're constantly living in a season of God breaking through. For many of us, we may, particularly after a long season of um, the realities of the frustrating realities of COVID and all of the borders open, borders closed, allowed to go out, not allowed to go out, staying home. And, and even now, it's still ongoing. In, in the wash of all of that, sometimes the potency of our worldview gets dulled. But the potency of our worldview and our reality is God is a breakthrough God. Even in the face of people who have institutional or organisational or government power and influence to make things happen or not happen, that does not change the revelation that our God is a breakthrough God. And he's wanting to break through for you, for your family, this Advent. Mary engages with an angel, Saul, his life, he was struck blind and led by the hand and given his sight back. Peter, he escaped prison via an earthquake and then the jailer's household came into the kingdom. Peter, the apostle, had an offensive dream about pig's feet and then went to Cornelius' home because Cornelius, a good Greek person who feared God and fed the poor, had an angelic vision to say, go and get Peter. God is a breakthrough God. Your story, this Advent, I want to encourage you, your story is littered with moments of breakthrough. But we forget them in the swill and the wash of everyday reality. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit, He will stir your memories. Stir your memories. You've been peppered. Your lives have been peppered by the breakthrough realities of God in big things and small things. Luke 1.26 reminds us it was in the sixth month that God sent the angel to Nazareth, to a town, to a virgin, pledged to a man to be married. God wants to and will come to you this Advent. As, as Nicole and I have been praying we believe that there is breakthrough of dreams and visitations and divine healings as we welcome Jesus to be Lord and King. No matter how confronting 
or how oppressive our circumstance and situation might be. We believe that our breakthrough God will come with these divine moments, this Advent, because that's who God is. He is a breakthrough God. God wants to and God will come to you and us. God wants to come to us as a church, continually breaking through. There is a new season that's been so beautifully spoken about over the last few weeks from the two Daves as they shared with us. There's this invitation from God to see hope restored and the kingdom come. God wants breakthrough for you, for our church, and God wants breakthrough for our region. He is moving by his spirit to bring a fresh revelation of Jesus to the people that we live among. This Advent, this Christmas, the reality of God's love and kingdom for everyone will come crashing through. This Advent, our break through God will break in. Early this morning, I was just before the service, I was praying with someone. And I've prayed this prayer with this person many, many times for healing. And I'm just one of those crazy people filled with the Holy Spirit that actually wants to go, I'm going to keep knocking until I see the kingdom come for this one. And so I just prayed again for complete physical healing for this friend of mine. I believe... My breakthrough God revealed in the advent of the Lordship of Christ wants to bring his kingdom to my friend. And I believe my part in that is to partner with the Holy Spirit to see that kingdom come. God will break through for you. Eyes to see, ears to hear, and the courage to collaborate. The the Christian experience of walking every day with Jesus as Lord is a supernatural one. We go to the next um, slide. Thanks, Stephen. It's a season of God breaking through. It's a revelation of walking in the favor of God. Mary walked in the favor of God. The angel came with a declaration over her life that says, you're a favored one of God. Now, it doesn't mean she was more special. It doesn't mean that she had somehow impressed or caught the eye of God to do this toward her. It didn't mean that she was the pick of all the people through whom God could have brought the Christ child. It was just the fact that God chose her. It was in the choosing that meant she was favoured. You see, the the scriptures talk about her being called a favoured one. And and the the, the unpacking of that favoured one word, it literally means God is with his character making you favourable to receive him as he comes to you. Let me just lay that track again. 
to be favoured by God is to realise that He is bringing His favour to you and as He comes to into proximity with you, you become favourable to receive the kingdom. It's all God. It's all God. So we, this Advent, we can give up trying to impress Him. He loves us because we're His kids. Purely because we're His kids. And it's as He draws near to us, He is the favourable one. His favour comes upon us and transforms our life, making us favoured. It's on God. Here we see in this biblical account that Mary is highly favoured in 128. The angel of the Lord said to her, Mary, greetings to you, you the favoured one. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. You have found favour with God. You know, I've got three amazing young adult children and that sounds a bit of a young adult children. <laughs> well, they're my kids, but they're all young adults now. It's like me saying to them, I love you for no other reason than I can, and so I choose to. That's what the favour of God looks like, because he can and because he chooses to. That's who God is. This Advent It's a massive moment to remember and celebrate and to prepare and to expect that Jesus is going to come into your life afresh and it's God shouting to your heart and to the heart of the world, I love you because I can and I choose to. Favoured ones. Favoured ones. That's who God is says you are as he comes to you. Ephesians 1, 5 reads, God predestined us to be sons and daughters, adopted as sons and daughters through Jesus in accordance with his goodwill and pleasure to the praise of his glorious grace, which is freely given us in the one he loves. And in him we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his grace that he has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. God is pleased to draw near so that we might realise his favour is upon us, making us favourable. This Advent, God comes not just with a season of breakthrough, but with a revelation of favour. Our lives are lavished in his love according to his good pleasure. And it's a huge invite from God. And it's not just for you, but it's also for your friends and your neighbours to liberate us all from all the anxieties and religious expectations and thoughts and into the bounty of his goodness and his love. Immeasurable joy is to be found for all of us as he draws near. Next one, Stephen. Thanks, mate. It's a season of breakthrough, God breaking through. Advent is a revelation of walking in favour, and it's a moment of exchange. Advent is a moment of exchange where we can celebrate, this is about all I've got, and this is all I am, but I choose to give myself to you and let you give your life to me. When was that moment where you sensed or you experienced or you had that um, encounter with God 
that, that brought you to that place of realising, I can't do this, but you can. I was only 19 when it happened for me. I was not a great student. I wasn't all that together. I had a massive history of all sorts of shame and issues, and I couldn't just, I couldn't see what it was that God had for me. And yet, He, because He loves me, because He chooses to and He can, decided I would be one of His favoured ones by revealing Jesus to me. Just like He is for you. But it was in that moment that I had to realise I give up myself and I welcome the revelation of you. When was that moment? For you, it might be a moment that you go through on a daily basis where you encounter Jesus and even, or even like an angelic messenger or even a dream or even something so, so beyond our ability to make happen, but God somehow seeds it into our spirit, into our hearts, into our lives. He somehow births this thing in us and then we respond with, oh, but Lord, you must be mistaken. You see, I don't think you really know me. You must be mistaken. I'm only an Uber driver. You must be mistaken. I'm no, I'm no someone great. You must be mistaken. I, I, I'm only a young person. I, I'm too broke. I, I'm financially a mess. I, you don't understand God. You must be mistaken. No. Even Mary in that moment, she says in 134, 37 and 37, how will this be? How could this possibly be that you would favour me and make my life favourable? How could you do that? Since I'm a virgin, here's all, here's, here's all my reasons why this can't happen, what you're telling me as you're coming towards me, God. You know the list that we present to God every day? You know, the, you know your list? The one that when he says, hey, come on, let's do this together, and, he, and you, you just, out it comes. Out comes the tape. Hit the play button where we partner with our brokenness and the lies of the enemy. Oh, you, don't, you must be mistaken. <laughs> You've come to the wrong place. No. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He's come to you. His favour is upon you. But how could you do this? Mary says, I, since I'm a virgin. But somehow in that moment, at the same time as she's having this encounter with God, there's this favour that's at work on her in the Holy Spirit where she realises nothing's impossible with God, though. For some of us this Advent, it may just be a small opening of the door as the light comes. Just a small opening that says, look, I've got my list of all the reasons why you're knocking on the wrong door, God, and you can't possibly do all those things that you're seeding into my heart and into my life. And here's all the reasons why, but for you, nothing's impossible. It might just be the smallest of cracks in the opening of the door. It might just be the smallest of the seeds planted in the garden. It may just be that little opening. That's all God's looking for. 
That's all he's looking for. Just a simple acknowledgement of who he is. Not what our reasons of disqualification are. For nothing is impossible with God, especially when he's revealed to you what he wants for your life. There is obviously moments of objection within us and from around us, and we even have the enemy barking at our head and heart every day, telling us why we should give up or be disqualified. This Advent, though, I want to invite you and encourage you to again to bring all of our both perceived and real lists of impossibilities. Bring, bring, bring all of them, whether they're just perception or whether they are genuine impossibilities. Bring all of that and bring it into an exchange with God as he comes to you. Bring them all. He only needs just a, just a small opening in the door. For nothing is impossible for God. Uh, next one. Thanks, Stephen. It's also, it's a season of God breaking through. It's a revelation of walking in fa- the favor of God. It's a moment of exchange, our limitation for God's declared capac- capacity and purpose. And it's a fresh invitation to a servant life. Luke one thirty five reads, I am the Lord's servant. That's Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. The life of God's favor is experienced and, and, uh, and um, realized through the posture and the practice of being a servant. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. The life of God's favor is experienced when we realize and live every day that I am his. And we come to the point of discipleship. This, this, these are the words of a disciple in 138, Luke 138. Mary says, if, if you want an understanding of what a disciple is, here it is. Here's the definition. Mary says in 138, May it be to me as you have said, God. That's discipleship. May it be, may my life be as you have said, God. I trust you, God. I trust your grace. I trust your favor to be all that I need to shape me, to make me, to look after me and to release me into the greater plans that I have not even dreamed could be possible with you. This Advent is a fresh invitation for the kingdom of God to come and flourish as a servant of God. Last one, thanks Stephen, is that Advent is a time of God's activity, activation and and a time of getting ready to receive from God. Are we ready for the king to bring his kingdom into the everyday ordinariness of our life? Most of us are probably at this point busy trying to get ourselves, our lives, our finances, our homes and our family relationships into some sort of order to be able to host something, a getting together of some kind, hosting. It takes thought, it takes collaboration, it takes participation, it takes willingness. Hosting, And in 139, 
Luke one thirty nine reads this. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zacharias' home and greeted Elizabeth. As God comes to each of us this Advent, what's the space he's asking you to get ready for him? What's the space that is inviting you to get ready for him to bring his favour to? Is it, is it a, a, a soul issue? Is it a relational issue? Is it an obedience issue? Is it a workplace issue? Is it a family issue? What, what's the space? that you're getting ready and preparing to receive the God of breakthrough? Is it for your kids? Is it for your grandkids? Is it for lost family and friendships? Is it workplace difficulties? What's the space where the God of breakthrough is asking you, hurry now, get ready My kingdom's coming. Jesus is inviting us as his people to get ready for the inbreaking of his kingdom into our life. On the buses, on the trains, in the planes, on the walkways, the shopping centres, and everywhere else our feet find them. The God of breakthrough is coming. The kingdom of God is at hand. Advent, it's a, it's a season that is packed full of generous invitation from God to a new life in Jesus. Let's stand and pray as we finish up this morning. Let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, we want to take a moment and just posture ourselves before you. Holy Spirit, would you come now? Come, Holy Spirit. The favour of the Lord is upon you. The favour of the 